Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how you doing over there? Well, let me get the... Um uh, Halloween candy out of my mouth. <laughs> well, you you nailed it. It is here. One of my favorite shows of the year, and that is the Halloween show when we break down scary real estate situations. Yes. <laughs> scary real estate stories. Um, and so, yeah, so here, here we are at the Halloween show. Absolutely lo- love it. Um, what I don't love as a real estate agent is how freaking dark it is at 5.30 now. Yeah, we haven't turned I, the clocks back I'm still, yet. I'm still trying to sell homes out there, people. It was yeah. like, I was like, this was the first week I went out to look at a lot uh, two nights ago. And yep. I was like, where's my thick jacket? Where's my flashlight? <laughs> and so, yeah, it is, it is that time of year that is upon us. And before we jump into our scary real estate um, stories, or or actually, I was going to start off with uh, with our national real estate story, but I have purposely made this in my mind. This is also a scary real estate story at okay. the same time. So Elliot Eisenberg, um, one of the real estate economists that I respect and follow, we, we reference him on the show numerous times. So I loved this week when he released um, when he released some notes on what he calls monetary mission. Okay. The problem that the Fed is facing right now, and you're seeing all kinds of stories about this and in interest rate, is that is that monetary policy, works with what they call long and variable lags. Okay. In, in in basic words means what you do today is not going to show up for a while. Yeah. So the IMF reports that rate changes have peak impact on GDP after a year, but mm-hmm. on inflation, three to four years. Other recent research pegs peak inflation impact in developed nations at two to four years. So this suggests to us that the Fed's difficulties are just beginning, which I know is very, very scary to a lot of people. Hmm. So pretty soon they're going to slow or stop hiking rates. But the inflation numbers that they're looking at will likely remain elevated, right? So... Yeah, if you read headlines and look what's happened the last two or three months, like, oh, we got to raise rates again. Inflation hasn't even been affected. Coming up at the next meeting, got to raise rates again. In the meantime, they're absolutely destroying the buying power and builder confidence that that is in the market. Yeah. And I think what you're going to see happen is exactly what, you know, exactly what I'm talking about today and reading is I think we're going to see them raise rates again next month. And then I think Uh what you're going to see happen is those of us that are on the ground that are dealing with that consumer sentiment and the and the calls and buyers that don't know what to do at a seven and a half percent interest rate on, on, you know, on a home loan. I think what's going to happen is the data that they're looking at is going to come in 
January and February next year. And that's even too soon, according to this article. But I think you're going to see some of that housing impact and it's going to be not good. That's why it is a scary real estate story, because the effect of those rates on the housing industry, the construction industry, the building industry. I think there's a lot of people I'm already getting the calls from people that are not going to know what to do in that situation. And, and the activity level is going to go way, way down. There was another round of anywhere you look in the real estate industry right now. Um, you look at national brokerages, um, that are, they're laying off people in their technology department, even brokerages like national syndicate brokerages that are here in Tri-Cities. If you look at their technology departments, their staffing across the board, it's, we're making layoffs. Zillow, massive, you know, layoffs in, in numerous of their departments last week. Redfin, all of these big companies, side real estate, you know, you look at all of them, you're you're seeing that already happen, and because the they're anticipating the slowdown. The, well, I not even anticipate it's here for them. Like they're already seeing the numbers drastically lower, and so yeah, they're trying to cut costs and overhead. Wow. We are very very fortunate in our team setup and our and our team concept that we have combined with our um, multiple sources. Uh, that we don't have to we don't have to face that you know in in our business here so we are still going gangbusters we will be here too and we already are I'm taking a lot of those calls from people that are like hey we're moving out of the area we're leaving like in this market we still have to get our house sold what what can we do and, yeah. and we will be here to help those help those and actually you know likely in that situation also see some see some growth so we um are the scary real estate stories right now do not scare us at, yeah. <laughs> at this moment but it is scary for the consumers and so we're making adjustments to better serve the consumers in that situation now on to the fun stuff um, we have our national um, celebrity crazy house section story. And of course, I had to go with America's scariest haunted house. So this is not for the faint of heart. It's a hundred year old farmhouse. This came out of a uh, top 10 real estate deals.com. This is a hundred year old farmhouse and was um, in Olean, New York. And it's well known to paranormal investigators and locals. Um, the History Channel even featured this house in one of its specials. Um, but it has been frightening off past owners since the 1850s. Wow. With, they say, 12 or more identified ghosts who are frequently seen by neighbors, friends, guests, researchers, and paranormal investigators. Um, the house um, did sell the last time it sold for two hundred and eighty nine thousand, and then it was turned into a hotel three hundred and fifty dollars a night for up to six people. McKay, I got to tell you, I have no interest in staying there. Zero. Ditto. Okay. I've watched enough enough of uh, paranormal and ghost hunters and all that. Yeah. When they 
play back the recordings? No, no. They go, I, did you hear that noise? And then they go back and you see the wave file and you go, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I, I'm a no on that. In fact, it was funny because I was researching for the show, there was a realtor.com study. That so that would be a hard no. That's a, For me, it's a hard no. I am not spending the night there. Uh, <laughs> I can just think of better alternatives <laughs> in, in, in that case. But Realtor.com released a study that said um, that said 65% of 65% of people um, would consider buying a house that they thought was haunted, which I, I thought was relatively high. Um, and then they said really? that they said that 35% of people um, say that they have lived in or been in a, a haunted house. Um, and so I did a lightning poll at our um, team meeting to see if that was an accurate um, number. And shockingly, it, it's an accurate. It, it's 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 fairly accurate. We were about we were about twenty percent on, on the Kenmore team. So, but yeah, there was there was like five people in our meeting that raised their hand that said they had been. And then it was hilarious because we had this discussion where we had a listing probably four or five months ago that one of our our photographers swears up and down that she thought she thought she experienced paranormal activity when she was out taking the pictures. So <laughs> it does come up. And um, one of the reasons I, I look forward to this show every year is because in our business, um, and many people have this in different lines of work, but we do have some scary things happen. And and so I I went through and went through my archives and went back to look to look at some stories and, and there are situations that are scary, but there are what I consider very scary real estate scenarios that happen. So not always ghosts and goblins, but things that could seriously derail something. Absolutely. So I've got a great one for you. Um, um, I've this comes out of this comes out of Arizona. I know a lot of agents down there, one that I network with frequently. We were talking at a conference and he said, he said, I said, Hey, I'm getting ready for the radio show. He's like, Oh, I've got a great one for you. He goes, so back in Phoenix, Tucson area, 2008, you know, 2007, when, when the boom was happening, national home builders would put in and developers were developing these subdivisions that had 180, 200, 300 lots, you know, ahead of these national builders. And they were building so quickly. Well, one of these um, subdivisions didn't get bought up or the national builder that was going to buy it didn't end up closing on it. So this developer ended up going bankrupt and it changed hands with the bank. And so there was a 180 lot subdivision that one person was going to take down through the, the recession. It, it became unfeasible. So the when the bank took it back, they started selling the lots individually. Okay. And so an agent um, that I know, he took a builder out there that was going to build um, just two or three houses and see how it goes. And these he, are empty lots, Empty right? lots. And there was not a lot of activity at the time. I mean, we're talking lots that were selling back then for like $35,000. You know, they were just trying to get out of the bank was just trying to get this stuff off their, books. you know, off their books. And so he sells the builder a house. I think he said it was like lot like, you know, lot like 14 or something like that on this block. Sells the builder uh -huh. the lot. 
Um, builder's doing a lot of the work himself. He has cash, so he doesn't have to get financed. He's building. And um, and he's going along. And so the real estate agent says, well, I'm going to go out and see my buddy Jim and see how, you know, building's going. And the real estate agent drives out there and he's and things were a mess back then. Right. Like foreclosure. Basically, the bank took it back. The signs identifying the lots weren't great. And so the foundation's in and the house is framed up. And my realtor buddy goes, God, this just is something doesn't seem right here. And, and he counted from the beginning of the block uh-huh. and instead of like 14 um his buddy jim had poured a foundation and had um oh. framed up the house and he was on lot 13 oh he, he, no he wasn't on he wasn't on lot 14 right and so he was doing this with cash because a lot of times there's some other safety nets that could come into play yeah meaning like um if a bank was financing the build they would have maybe you know come out or checked with the draw but this was happening because he was he was using cash and so the real estate is like uh jim hey we've got uh, a, a real problem here like this is like you've put you know two hundred thousand dollars worth of supplies on this lot you don't own that you don't own lot 13 and um so the jim goes well well who does he goes well i don't know but let's look it up so they find that it's somebody that was out of town um and they had you know they had also purchased one of these lots for like thirty five thousand dollars and jim was like hey it would said to the real estate agent, like, what do you think? And he's like, well, you're in a real tight spot here. Like, you need to own that lot or you're going to have a real problem. And he's like, well, that guy's out of town. Figure out where that guy is. Contact him. You know, I know we all bought these lots for 35. He goes, tell that guy that you're you're building, um, you want to build another house and tell him I'll give him 45000 for the lot. Don't, you know, don't tell him yeah. I built on it. Um, but he's, he lives in another state. So, yeah, sure enough. Agent calls him up, strikes a deal with with the seller, and the builder bought that he he already owned the lot, empty lot that he didn't do anything. Well, he ended up without the seller knowing, bought the lot that he had mistakenly built the house on. Wow! Like we're talking sweating bullets. That is like super scary real estate real estate stuff. Until closing, <laughs> you've got a real problem. You know, yeah. like to the point where that seller, if they had found out in that process might've asked for more money, you know, they might've, they might've required the builder to remove all that stuff from their law. I mean, it could be bad, right? So, so I thought that was a good one. Like these are real life examples. These things happen. Wow. Um, before the break, I'm going to get break down another one. This was one myself personally involved. We're talking scary real estate stories here. Uh-huh. And this is always, um, this feeling just never goes away from you on this next story. So this was probably, gosh, this was probably 12, 15 years ago. And I was showing, I was showing buyers houses uh-huh. and there was a house that was in the MLS and it was listed as vacant show any time. So I'm, I'm with my buyers. It was a little bit late. Like it was like 435 and kind of this time of year where it's starting to get dark. We go in the house, flip on a couple of the lights in the house. It As the listing said, totally vacant, no furniture, nothing in there. Walking through the house, talking to the buyer. Hey, yeah, come down here, the hallway. Bedrooms are on this side. Open the door to the master bedroom. And I look in there and there is a bed and there is a person staring at me. I mean, their eyes are closed, but there's a person facing the door 
like looking at me in a just a bed in an empty room. Wow. I mean, I got to tell you, that is a freaky s- scenario. So I, I don't really slam, but I quickly like close the door and I look at my buyers who are in the living room and I start waving my arms like, get out, get out. <laughs> and so and so they're like, what, what? And I'm like, just get in the car. And so we get out, we lock it up. And I was like, there's a person in that room sleeping, which, you know, is kind of scary, right? Like, yeah. what if they wake up and think there's an intruder in their house? You know, it's uh-huh. just, it's a weird feeling to be in somebody's house that you're not supposed to be in and they're in another room. Like, um, no thanks. Okay? Hello. Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy scary. Call the other agent and the other agents, you know, oh, man, the other agent is like, um, oh, man, I'm so sorry. The seller told me they were coming back for the weekend. It was like on a Friday and and they were going to be there. I forgot to change the comments. And like I'm at this point, like I'm I'm not nice because I'm like, you're an idiot. Okay, like I was just in that house and I was like. What if something had happened? So scary real estate story for me. Um, doesn't happen very often. People are good, but those things do happen. And when it, it does, it, when it does, it does freak you out, freak you out a little. And what if that person had woken up too? You yeah. know, if you know, can you imagine if I'm staring at them and then they open their eyes when I have the door open? So, all right, there we there we go. Before the break, we're coming up on our first break, but those were two of our very scary real estate stories. When we come back some scary Halloween real estate situations right here on News Talk. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. Today we've been talking uh, one of our fun shows um, where we get to delve into stuff that um, probably shouldn't happen but does happen and uh, we call it our Halloween scary real estate story. Yes. So, McKay, the next one, the next scary real estate story that I have is um, it was it was 2022 and interest rates went up four percent, four percent in one year. So, sorry, no, I'm being a little facetious yeah. here, but I I do think two or three years from now, you and I might reference this as a scary real estate story is what if interest rates go up 4% in one year? Yeah, <laughs> in, and in they one did. Year. And they did. So maybe we are living one right now. The jury's still out on exactly what that means. But I, I have an inkling in my brain that we might use today as a scary real estate story at, at some point. Um, but all kidding aside, we do um, we do have some scary real estate stories um, that we always that we like to talk about. And one of the big ones, and I, I call this I call this section of the show Nightmare on Real Estate Street. Uh-huh. Okay, because these are what happen and could be labeled as an absolutely nightmare scenario. So number one that I put down on that list. Um, this is what they make case studies out of and real estate attorneys make a lot of money on. And that is you sell your house twice. Oh. And so you think to yourself, this can't happen, right? Well, trust it, it can happen. And for agents that didn't know what they were doing, especially over, say, the course of the last two to three years with multiple offers... Um, if not done correctly with multiple offers and counter offers, um, 
it is possible for a seller to sell their house twice. So meaning they make a they make a counter offer to two different parties at the same time expecting that when one party accepts they will withdraw the counter offer from the other party. Okay. But there's some timing involved there. What happens if and this is the way the world can work if the one one party says, "Yep, I like their counter offer." They sign it, they send it back. And um, in today's day and age, and with our contracts, delivery is considered delivery and binding when delivered to two separate um, email addresses, the firm email address and the agent. And then the other party, the agent, say the agent, I mean, let's just think of the dumbest thing we possibly can. The agent was monitoring their computer, waiting for these emails to come through, and uh, they have to go to the bathroom. And while they're in the bathroom, both parties sign an email back, and they don't have a chance to withdraw the offer from the other party. Now they have two binding sales contracts that have been delivered. And the real estate does not work in the method of when one contract becomes binding, you can't bind it to another. It, The time frames, it does not work that way. So if there was an active counteroffer, you sold the house now to two different people. So no matter Ooh. what happens in that situation as a seller, you can't you can't back out of of that other of that other deal without likely having some serious monetary con, you, you know compensation compensation and so you know how does somebody handle that well i'll tell you what how somebody handles that and it's the only advice we're able to give legally on the show as a licensed real estate agent cuz we're not a licensed attorney the only way to handle that is a bunch of freaking attorney bills all of the sudden so that wow. the, that person gets to a real estate attorney and they come up with some strategies there um, i've seen it happen and um, it is a yeah it is a scary scary real estate story when when that situ when that situation happens how to prevent? Don't counter multiple people at the at the, at same, the same time. time. Um, it is an extremely dangerous strategy, um, and there are some addendums in other states that I've seen. We luckily we don't see a lot of this in Washington, but I've seen some addendums in some crazy states that try to make this possible, and it just boggles my mind. So I, I would say from from a from a preventative risk standpoint. Um, I can't think of a situation to where we would be advising somebody to to make that type of situation. I'll be happen. patient and do them one at a time, right? Yeah, it would be it would behoove somebody to have a lot less risk to, or withdraw if you have an existing counter, but you want to you want to negotiate with somebody else before entering those negotiations, withdrawing your counter offers from the other party. So one one at a time. Second scary real estate story, and, and these things happen, um, is that the seller um, dies while you're in contract with them. Oh. And if you do real estate long enough, this is a situation that that, has that, happened. that happens. You know, I mean, there's accidents that happen, illnesses that happen, and and so... The, if not properly set up during that, say somebody's in contract with a seller, they're moving towards closing. Maybe they've sold their other house and the, and they're moving out and they wait. They think they're closing in two weeks and then the seller passes away or has a tragic accident. Um, 
if things aren't set up properly with the even when there is a will, they're going to have to go through a process where the they call it the estate has to be probated. Oh. And so that's going to take some time. And we all know with the court systems and protocols in place, like sometimes that's not the quickest process. No. And, and so that can that's scary on a lot of fronts because it can hold up a real estate transaction. At that point, timing is like, just out the freaking window. I mean, you're not going to close on the house. You're, anytime you're not. Soon. You're not going to close anytime soon. And even in the best case scenario, um, I mean, I've seen them done in a, as little as like 20 days before. But that was in a much different time frame. You know, when it was done. And I've also seen it take like three months before. So. It, it can re- it is super scary when that happens for parties involved in that in that situation. Um, the third scary real estate situation that happens um, that is definitely deserving of being on the Halloween list is that you sell your house. We just talked about sellers getting, you know, not being able to get, that's why it's called a contract, you know, not being able to just change their minds and not sell. Very, very difficult for for a seller in those situations. But you sell your house, but the house you're buying falls through. Oh no. So you've already obligated, you have a closing date or you likely have to move out of your house. Things are, things are clicking along. And let's say, let's just say in this situation, you know, we talked about the economy changing and inflation and stuff going on. Let's just say in this situation, you get your house under contract, it's sold, you're buying a new house, and two weeks later, you lose your job. Yeah, yeah, your job, you get down, you, you get downsized, you lose your job. Well, that greatly affects your financing on the buy side. Yeah. But let me tell you what it doesn't affect. Your your selling side. The the buyer that's buying your house that you said you were gonna sell. They don't care that you lost your job. They, you know, they, they thought yeah. they were buying your house regardless of, uh, it, it wasn't contingent upon, there is not a contingency in our contract that says contingent upon you not losing your job. That's not <laughs> in the contract that yeah. we have. And so you've got a contract now where, I mean, and that, that can be a really unfortunate situation. Well, what if scary. you lost your like job? What if you lost your job and you had a for sale contingency Okay, on uh, the new house? Yeah. Uh, on a new on a new house, okay. So here here's the thing about that. So you're you're selling your house, you're buying a new one. Yep. You lose your job. Yep. But the new purchase was contingent upon you selling your your house. Now the only yeah. thing is if so you're going to fail due to financing. Okay. The only thing that you have a saving grace on there is if you haven't gone under contract on your house yet, you can pull it off the market. Okay. So you could pull your house off the market. The bigger problem, though, is if you're under contract. Uh, once again, in then that you're out. You're out. Two houses. Yeah, you've got to sell. Like now, you have nowhere to go. You can't afford to buy. You can't get financing to buy your new house because you don't have a job. Um, you probably can't go rent an apartment right away. So you need to sell the old house and then take some of the money and <laughs> yeah. go rent. Yeah. It, wow. it, if you can even qualify for a rental with income qualifications, you might have to prepay the rent there for a while. So that is super scary, right? And and we've seen those scenarios happen. And, and you know what? I, I've also seen a lot of people um, do some very gracious things in those situations. So I know it's a scary real estate show, but it's a fun show too. But I've seen those situations happen in the Tri-Cities and I've seen agents call those buyers and the buyers say, hey, 
we totally understand. Actually, we haven't moved yet. We can extend our apartment rental six months. It, you know, it didn't yeah. work out. If you give us our earnest money back, we'll cancel the deal. And so I've seen some really cool things, especially in Tri-Cities, happen Good. in that situation where it is scary, scary um, for those families and those people involved. But I've seen some buyers just say like, hey, it wasn't, this wasn't the house, then it, it wasn't meant to be, you know. And I've also seen people on the other end of the coin, don't get me wrong, say it's a contract and we're out Too of bad. here. But yeah. I have seen some super cool things happen in those situations when they were a little bit scary and the buyers have just been really, really, really gracious. So, so that is, um, those are kind of our top scary real estate stories um, for the Halloween special. I think a lot of people that know me know I'm a very optimistic person and yes. we kind of go after it. So, But I will say it is kind of fun to do this show. This is not normal material you hear me uh, toss into the, no. to the, to the real estate show. We are excited though. Please be safe with your families. Um, those that are out um, on Monday, you know, let's ratchet the speed back. There's going to be a lot of kids out on yes. those streets and it gets dark early and stuff. And so um, enjoy that. Um, we're looking forward to some uh, trick-or-treaters and seeing people out and about. I know my wife and I always get a kick out of seeing all the little kids and, yep. and those costumes. So have a fantastic, very happy Halloween. If you need help with the scary part of the real estate market, go to KenmoreTeam.com and we will do our best to act as the real estate Ghostbusters. Yes. All right. Take care. <laughs> Happy Halloween. We'll be back next week right here on News Talk 870.